Hello, movie friends. Welcome to There Will Be Movie Reviews. I'm your host, Ryan Holmes. And today, with me, I have my Uncle Corey on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me on, Ryan. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to this. Oh, yeah, so am I. Yeah, it was a great watch. Uh, so what movie are we going to be discussing today? The Big Lebowski, Coen Brothers cult oh, yeah. classic. Totally. It is a cult classic. Yeah, I, I watched it for the second time um, yesterday, and it was a bit different than the first time I watched it around. I felt it was, I think, a lot better. Like, the first time, I think I might have been a little bit too young to maybe understand it, but this time it was hilarious i like oh it was awesome there's so many subtle jokes in there like kind of you know that that repeat throughout the movie like phrases and whatnot and um i i definitely found the more you watch it the more you appreciate it yeah and that's the that's a good thing about comedies if you're able to like if you're when you rewatch it and you catch on another joke that you missed in the first time around, it just gets better and better. And it, it's so entertaining to watch just to see even just how great the writing is, too. Even if it's like you're not all, almost at the same time not looking at the comedy aspect, you're just looking at the writing aspect and how incredible it is that way. But um, oh, yeah, yeah, great writing. And then, like I say, just um. Yeah, you get a lot of subtle jokes that you appreciate more with uh, multiple viewings. Oh, totally. Yeah, you're right on it. Yeah. But before we begin and uh, get into the discussion of The Big Lebowski, I'm going to be talking about the movie news. So I have a few uh, little things that happened this week that are upcoming in the movie news. So... Uh, first up, Bernie Mac biopic is in the works from a John Legend's uh, production company. Have you? Are you a fan of Bernie Mac at all? Or uh... geez, you know what? I um I haven't seen Bernie Mac in a whole lot of things. Uh, got that classic uh, role in Bad Santa. Yeah. But um, I I don't I'd probably underappreciated from me because I definitely heard from comedians that yeah. uh, talk about how great he was. So. Yeah, gone yeah. too soon, but totally. Yeah, he was in the he was in the Oceans trilogy, I think, the Oceans Eleven, and like um, George Clooney and uh, Matt Damon and Brad Pitt. I'm pretty sure. And then he did do he did do like some stand up also. So I'm curious to see how this film is going to play out, and I'm curious to know who would uh, play him. That's going to be that's going to be interesting, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be interesting. Yes, I. I'm not familiar with his stand-up, but I've heard good things. I've heard yeah. it's very funny. Oh, totally, yeah. Um, next up on the movie news, the Indiana Jones 5 set photos, uh, they have been released, uh, and they suggest that they will use de-aging on uh, Indiana Jones or Harrison Ford for some of the scenes in the film. Um, and that's kind of interesting. I'm, curi- I'm, I'm also curious of how they are going to do that film and how, the, how it's going to play out, because there's a big cast coming in, a bunch of uh, new actors um, and actresses. Olivia Coleman, I'm pretty sure, is going to be in it. Um, Toby Jones, I'm pretty sure. I think he's been in a few Coen Brothers movies. Um, but I'm, I'm excited. Are, were you a fan of the Indiana Jones, uh, um, it, it, their films? Yeah. It's interesting. I was not a, a big fan. I'd seen them. And then we rewatched, um, what's the first one? Temple of Doom? Or Raiders of the uh, Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, we rewatched that with the kids not long ago. And um, yeah, it was okay. The second one I wasn't such a big fan of. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. To me, the fifth one, uh, I guess <laughs> it's nice. How that, that name is certainly iconic, the Indiana Jones name. Yeah. So the legend lives on. Um, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting that they're doing another one. I think it's a lot of nostalgia for people. That's the other thing. It's what they, you've noticed, you probably noticed, like, they do a lot of remakes nowadays. They've been doing a bunch of, like, 80s remakes. They did, and uh, they did, like, Overboard not that long ago. You know, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. And that the remake that they did was just terrible. And they did a Ghostbusters remake, too. It's like, but, you know, sometimes they hit it, and then sometimes it's, it's not that good. And I'm, I'm, I wonder how it's going to turn out this uh, new film. And it's not directed by Steven Spielberg this time. So, you know, it's hard yeah. to say. It's hard to judge. Yeah. 
it is interesting. I think um, moviegoers in general like to basically know what they're getting into. They don't like those uh, completely unknown, full of surprise yeah. uh, movies. It seems like, oh, I, I want a familiar character, whether it be, you know, a Marvel superhero or, you know, yeah. Indiana Jones or, or the Star Wars characters they know and love. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely seems like you're going back to what worked in the past mm -hmm. yeah I, yeah they know trying to play it safe too it's uh don't want to try anything too new but uh another thing is yeah they're using de-aging for uh harrison ford and i don't know if you saw like the irishman they used de-aging on like uh robert de niro and al pacino and joe pesci and to me it didn't look that good and i'm I, it, it it looked it looked pretty good but i like you could kind of tell too i felt you could, there was sometimes subtleties that their um their faces were uh de-aged and, and didn't look right they just it was a little off but uh, did you watch the irishman i did watch the irishman um interesting because i'm a big scorsese fan and, yeah. and de niro um and yeah the aging thing I have to admit, I'm still blown away by this, how far technology has come um, in a few years so that they have the ability to do that. And it looks as good as it does. Yeah, I agree. It's not perfect, but pretty impressive all in all, like all the all the CGI and stuff that they, they have now. It's, it definitely has progressed quickly. And so, uh, you know, and they're they're constantly striving for these new things. So, um yeah, that will be interesting with the de-aging process. Maybe I can get a little bit of that done on myself. <laughs> I'll get it for this podcast if you want. So <laughs> yeah, <good>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And last on the movie news, you don't have too much this week. Um, but the last thing, so Jurassic World 3 is coming out. And the directors have confirmed that the original three cast, uh, three members of the cast uh, will return. So Jeff Goldblum. Laura Dern and Sam Neill from the original Jurassic Park. And I think they were in Jurassic uh, Park 3, I think, but not the second one. And I'm not sure. But uh, that'll be exciting, though. Were you a fan of Jurassic, the Jurassic Park uh, trilogy? No, I was not <laughs> no. a huge fan of the Jurassic Park movies. Um, and it's interesting to me, again, like you say, the familiarity, having those characters mm -hmm. that you know already, bringing them back and... And, you know, they get a, a huge payday, I'm sure, oh, yeah. um, for coming back. So good for them. But, yeah, it's people want, you know, basically a storyline. I, I pretty much, you know, be able to outline what the movie's going to be looking like or what the plot line's going to be. But, you know, that's what people seem to uh, gravitate towards. So, yeah, good it, for it, them. Yeah, you got it right there. It's I'm, I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be a big huge box office box office success um and um, it won't disappoint too many people the the first two jurassic world films with the with chris pratt and um i think jeff goldblum's in the second one too but um they were they weren't bad they're, they're okay they're 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 exactly what you expect though they're um yeah it's exactly what you expect but they're they're okay they're nothing too special but yeah, yeah. You're gonna get some some excitement, some chase scenes, some adventures, some yeah. edge of your seat, and some cool special effects and neat dinosaurs. So yeah, yeah, people like that. They do, yeah, it's true. But yeah, that's it for the movie news. That wraps it up. But let's get right into it in the Big Lebowski. So I'll give a little rundown of uh, the actors and director uh, directors and uh, the release date. So let me let's begin. So the Big Lebowski. Written and directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen, stars Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Sam Elliott, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, and David Huddleston. Released in 1998, and the plot is Jeff, the dude Lebowski, mistaken for a millionaire of the same name, seeks restitution for his ruined rug and enlists his bowling buddies to help get it. Um, that's just a little part of the film. It is much bigger and expands more. But uh, this is that's kind of the beginning of how the film uh, starts and how the plot uh, begins. Um, but this film has created such a cult following. It is it is a cult classic and it has it kind of started in um, July of 2002. That's like an exact date that uh, film historian put it as. So uh, and it, they had midnight screenings for this film. Uh, and I remember I heard something about 
Joel and Ethan Cohen, or maybe it was just one of them, went to a midnight screening and were so confused. They, they saw everybody standing out at midnight uh, of a theater and he asked them, like, what are you guys seeing? And he's going, oh, we're seeing, uh, we're seeing the Big Lebowski. Oh, it's great. Everyone dresses up in uh, costumes and dresses up as the dude and dresses up as Walter and Donnie. And, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and the Ethan Cohen was just blown away. He had no idea because at the beginning, this film was a box office bomb. It made no money. It wasn't that popular, you know, whereas Fargo was, it, it kind of, Fargo got them right like into you got their name uh, heard and it was the their biggest film yet and you know Oscar wins won uh, best uh, original screenplay and uh, Frances McDormand won uh, best actress and then they come out with The Big Lebowski and I feel like people were a little bit disappointed with it but somehow it is brought back and it, it's great and it's it's awesome and I even heard an interview with Roger uh Roger Ebert and uh yeah e Ebert and Siskel they did a, um a review on this film and they did not like it at all and it's it's crazy to hear that like what what do you think like oh I I can see why it wasn't popular at the time it was released it would be uh, you know what I should have gone and checked a trailer that would be interesting too because it's kind of a weird sell like the, all the bowling and <laughs> How do you like, oh, the guy's, you know, had his rug ruined yeah. and he's trying to replace it. So it is kind of when you tell the, you know, what the plot line is, it's like, mm, I don't know if you're selling me on that. But yeah, it is one that you really have to see and, and probably, you know, a ton of word of mouth and, you know, it starts getting out. Oh, you got to watch this movie. You'd really like it. And yeah, it's that, uh, that target market, I think, you know, it's a. Uh, um, yeah, it probably, uh, similar like-minded people that, that really enjoy this movie. Um, because yeah, it is, it's not for everybody. I don't think, but oh, the yeah. people who, the people who like it really like it. So yeah, I can see how it's, uh, popularity would have grown. Oh yeah. It, it's crazy actually. And I had no idea. They have like, they have this thing called Lebowski Fest where in Louisianaville or Louis, Louisville, Kentucky. And, um, it's crazy. And it's like people dress up and, uh, as like, you know, Donnie, yeah, as I said, Donnie, um, Jeff Lebowski and, and Walter. And, and it's crazy. It's, it's, it's hilarious too. And I'm, I was so surprised. And now there's even a religion called dudism and it's a religion yeah. devoted, uh, devoted largely to the spreading of the philosophy and lifestyle of the film's main character. And it was founded in 2005. And it's also known as the church of the later day, uh, latter day dude. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> the and, dude. I know. Yeah, no, it's such a great character. Um, and it's so well played by Jeff Bridges. Like he just nails it. I think he's, I've heard that he is uh, a lot like the dude in real life. So, um, you know, not too much of a stretch maybe, but yeah, he just nails it. And uh, the, the characters overall, like they're so over the top, all of them, um, Walter, uh, Maude, all the characters, uh, the, the millionaire Jeffrey Lebowski, you know, they're, they're larger than life yelling or, or really <laughs> strange artist or, you know, your crazy Vietnam, um, you know, guy that sees the world differently. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. And, and yeah, I could see again how on first viewing you might be, oh, that's too much. Like, I can't get into these characters. But then you, you watch it again and you start to maybe appreciate them more and realize, yeah, they are they are over the top it's, it's <laughs> the whole movie is but that, that that's part of what makes it fun too right yeah it is such a fun film uh, and obviously the the characters are so well written and and i heard that like every line there's only like one uh line in the film and uh, i have it written down somewhere i'll, I'll say it in, in a little bit i f uh, forget but it was only uh that was the only line there was only one line that was ad-libbed ad or uh improvised but everything other than that is completely from the script. All the mans and all the dudes that they say, all the, all the, oh, come on, man. Like, that's all scripted. Everything is, everything is, like, written down. And that's, it, it's crazy to think that. Like, that is, like, 
it, it's like it seems like such an improvised film like i i thought like a lot of uh john goodman's lines were improvised i uh, i thought that the entire time but like i it's it's crazy the script is just so well written and to and they've they've also perfectly cast these characters i i heard that um joel and ethan cohen had like they had steve buscemi in mind they had uh uh jeff bridges in mind and they also had john goodman in mind and it's in their cast perfectly, I think. <laughs> and oh, such such great actors that you can put in a lot of different roles. Oh, like yeah. you talked about Fargo, how how much different the Steve Buscemi character is in that movie compared to the Big Lebowski or yeah. you know, uh John Goodman. He's worked with the Cohen brothers on a mon- multiple occasions and yeah, always delivers. Like he is uh, a good actor. You've seen him in, in some interesting things. Um <laughs> What's that one movie that the Coen brothers did that's a uh, pretty strange? Um, uh, Barton Fink, I think. Barton Fink, exactly. Yeah. Yes, he's got quite the interesting role in that movie. So, yeah. Yeah, they uh, they seem to be able to spot the talent and be able to get the most out of them. So, yeah, it's good. Well, this cast is, like, it's ridiculous. It is, yeah, you got, yeah, Jeff Bridges, John Goodman, Steve Buscemi, Sam Elliott, Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, John Turturro. John Turturro, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, really, really talented actors. Like, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, we were saying that the other day. What a what a talent he was where he could play so many different characters. And, again, gone too soon. It's unfortunate. But, yeah, brilliant actor. So, yeah, definitely it was a, a stacked cast. Um, yeah. Yeah, so they had so many things uh, set to, to give them that success. But, yeah, I, I'm like I said, I wish I uh, looked at the marketing campaign and, and saw what that looked like and what other movies it was going up against at the time. That may have been a factor as well. But, yeah, it didn't have the success initially. But hey, they yeah. certainly made up for it since then. And it's funny to think that, like, this film – it was like not nominated for maybe say best original screenplay because it, it certainly could compared to like it's a Colin Brothers film so it obviously could I think it, it's up there like it's a, it's a great screenplay it, it's hilarious the the twists and the turns it's so chaotic and uh at the same time and like you have you have Jeff Bridges character that's just he's uh messing up everything and John Goodman's messing up everything with the plot and it just gets worse and worse for both of them and the reactions to everything getting worse is just hilarious and I I was thinking like uh Jeff Bridges like every time something I I wrote this down every time like something like terrible happens to him like he gets hit in the head or he gets like uh he gets like carpet like peed on he's uh, he doesn't like freak out and like run at the guy he's just like oh come on man don't do that like what what are you doing it's like and these reactions i noticed are just so laid back but he's annoyed but he just doesn't do anything about it it's it's hilarious oh, oh he's a he's a stoner through and through 100 uh, <laughs> percent there um but it is funny like to see how his car and his apartment keep getting more and more beat up and destroyed as the movie goes on. Like, it's just one thing after another happens to them. And, yeah, it's that, that's pretty funny. You know, they're driving back from the In-N-Out Burger with no windows in the car anymore. And he just, <laughs> yeah, just the look on his face. He's just, you know, uh, at his wits end, doesn't know what to do. But there's uh, Walter and Donnie enjoying their burgers. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty funny. And I was like, right from the beginning, it's almost like I would want to be a part of the, like, I would love to be just like somebody at the bowling alley, just watching these three characters interact. It'd be great. And the chemistry together is awesome. It's so good. It's perfect. Like, Uh, yeah, it is. It it is something to see how, how Walter just disrespects Don. (laughs) He doesn't, doesn't give him any respect at all, but then you know, if if the dude didn't want to go bowling with him, then Walter's also no, Donnie, let's uh, let's go bowling. That's the only time he has any you know <laughs> kind of respect or time for him. So yeah, yeah, it is it is kind of neat. Oh yeah, it's it's funny, like because there's a few lines where Walter actually is like nice to Donnie, and it's so weird and at the same time kind of refreshing because there's this one like 
uh, scene where uh, Donnie asks when they're in in the parking lot against um, uh, fighting like the I think they were like German or whatever or the the three guys in the in the spandex and uh, stuff. But and they said to uh, and Donnie asks uh, he goes like oh do they have uh, do they have guns and he's like and he's getting worried and then Walter's like oh no 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 don't worry don't worry and he's like calming him down. But this is it's so it's so weird to see him like that and like every now and then he'll be like just really calm out of nowhere and that's it's, it's so it's so hilarious and john gidman has like he he's also got that perfect outfit too he's where he's got like the he's got the buzzed haircut and then the the chin strap beard it's it's perfect it's perfect for his character it's totally yeah really yeah cool. the yellow tinted glasses <laughs> and the the vietnam vest that he's yeah. wearing the army vest, yeah, yeah, he's uh, certainly something. And then, yeah, John Goodman's character just goes from, you know, zero to ten. All of a sudden, he's <laughs> freaking out. He's all angry, and then he calms right back down again. So, yeah, yeah, it's uh, like I say, it, it is over the top, but it's fun too, yeah. right? Like and, that's what makes it. Yeah. Oh, it's a hundred percent. And he's one of those characters that is like you just you wouldn't want to mess with either like you are you feel like you feel his anger like come on to you and like when you're just watching the film too and like there's certain uh there's a few rules like uh, in other films that i kind of compared to Uh, have you seen um have you seen train spotting yes yeah so the guy in in that i forget his uh character's name but he's like he's like the super angry one all the time and he's a big soccer fanatic too and he's just like you don't want to mess with him and i kind of think compare him to that he's always like trying to start a fight and you just you look at him and he's like that guy is crazy that guy is like cuckoo in the head too and that's i i thought of i thought of him when i was watching john goodman because john goodman's character is like he there's something wrong with him in the head too he is like messed up and he's just crazy (laughs) no filter yeah. yeah And that's where you you respect the dude as well for being loyal to his friend and and seeing his good qualities as well as you know being able to you know tell him it's like you know he says uh, Walter his famous famous line am I wrong am I wrong and he says you're not wrong Walter you're just an <laughs> asshole and he goes okay then like it rolls right off him he knows he doesn't care like oh, that's, yeah. that's who he is. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty funny. And yeah, and then Donnie's Donnie's also he doesn't have that big of a role in the film either. A lot of the time, it's uh, the dude and Walter um, that are you know trying to do the uh, the handoff of the of the briefcase, and then but Donnie's not really a part of it. He's only at the uh, he's only at the bowling alleys for the most part. But he's still like <laughs> he's still like a, a very lovable character, and you see you can imagine because he also like he'll never stand up for himself when. Uh, when Walter gets mad at him either. And, and everybody kind of knows that person that just kind of gets teased in the friend group. And uh, he's very, very like, easy to understand too. And um, he's even just a lovable character too, Donnie. And you, and you feel bad for him when he dies. It's sad and it's upsetting when uh, his character passes away in the film too. But it's, he still, Steve Buscemi plays it perfectly, subtly and just very quiet, but it's perfect, I think. Yeah, yeah, he does a great job as well. Yeah, and and another character that I like was just so amazed with. It was so fun to watch this character was Philip Seymour Hoffman in this. He is a great actor. You said before though, he's a great actor, but he's he does it. He he plays that like so like that perfectly like, kind of assistant that is like super. He's like obsessed with the. He's obsessed with um Jeff Lebowski, like the the guy in the wheelchair. That Jeff Lebowski in this film and he is um and he's just he plays that like laughter all the time he's always like uh he's so like quirky and awkward and it's it's perfect it's it's so believable yeah yeah he does a great role um you know really kind of being condescending to the dude when he first meets him and he's showing him the awards and whatnot and then the dude quickly learns (laughs) how to push his buttons and and continues to do it and you know very subtly but you know they both know what's going on so that's funny that's just to see him 
okay, I know who this guy is. I don't like <laughs> him either, so I'm going to wind him up a little bit. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, it's good interaction between those two characters for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And, yeah, the, these, again, like, the Coen brothers know how to write characters. If you've seen Fargo and No Country for Old Men and um, Raising Arizona, they're all, they're, the characters are perfectly like created in like Anton Trigger and No Country for Old Man Men is terrifying. And he, he's he's just and he's now like known as one of the, the greatest uh villains of all time, like in the in like the last like 50 years. Like um he's up there with like um trying to think like a lot of people say like Darth Hannibal Vader. Lecter. Yeah, Hannibal Lecter. That's another one. Yeah. And those are like some of the greatest villains of all time. And Coen brothers know how to write characters and it, it it's it's been perfectly executed for this film too that their characters and each one is has a specific backstory that you can kind of tell and you understand of uh you understand and you you feel for these characters and they're likable too even though they're so crazy and do terrible things but they're still likable at the same time it's 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 pretty obvious to to yeah understand and, and like these characters i don't know about you but yeah Oh yeah, they they are. Like I say, you keep going back to saying they're over the top, all of them. Yeah. But yeah, they are likable. Um, you, you, everyone likes the dude, right? How can you not like him? But yeah. yeah, they're all quirky and have their flaws. They're definitely no perfect character in the movie, uh, including the dude, right? But um, you love them for their flaws as well, and go, okay, you know what this. The old millionaire, he's going to yell a lot and be harsh. Um, but you know what? He's he's uh, kind of living a lie, too. So he's he's got to reconcile that. And, yeah. 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 So it is, um, yeah, definitely you look at the characters and, and they are. You got to, you can't help but like them for the most part. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally. But yeah, I guess we can move on to the plot now of this film. So obviously, it's it's quite simple to begin with. I'll, I'll give you that. From the very beginning, it, it's very simple. It just wants an uh, easy handoff with the money. He has the same name as a millionaire in the same town and area, and so that it's <laughs> it's it's gets it just gets more chaotic constantly throughout the plot and uh, Jeff bridges uh just gets mixed up in all of it and i notice how he's so he's also obviously he does like he's super annoyed with it and like all the trouble that he's going through but at the same time he's still super calm about it and he's always just like oh, oh man like what's going on like what's what's happening now and he's still in i think his their characters are very much what's developing this plot and i notice how he, each time something is messed up it's because of a character or every time the plot develops i guess each it's because of a character say walter or um or or, uh or the dude uh doing something chaotic and and ridiculous so when uh when uh walter jumps out of the car for some reason when they should have done the handoff he he messes everything up and they and the three guys go off on their motorcycle and it's walter's fault and that's what develops the plot into the next sequence of events within the film and it's it's a very very simple formula and pattern to follow but so but so fun to watch too. I think it's so it's so easy to observe and just it just gets worse and worse. And it, it's at times it's overwhelming for me too because there's just it, you're like oh like how how is how is uh the dude going to get the money to that person? How is he gonna how is he gonna manage to also help out Maud uh, Maud and and those characters? And it's crazy. But yeah, I've been rambling on a little bit. You can continue. But... <laughs> um. Yeah, definitely Walter seems to make everything worse. Uh, um, but the dude still brings him along for, yeah. for everything for some reason. Um, uh, yeah, it is it is crazy. I, it, interesting how, I wonder how the Coen brothers started to develop this with the story or they had the character first and started building the storyline around him. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's... Uh, 
like you say, pretty simple plot um, to begin with. But yeah, they they definitely take it in a different direction, or you know, you don't know what's going to happen next. That's for sure. And I think that was a problem for me with the first time I watched it. Was it just it got so chaotic near the end and, and like or kind of in the middle it, it, there's so much you know and now he has to deal with like uh Maud who wants uh he he'll she'll give uh the dude like a hundred grand if uh he gets the money back which he doesn't even have at this time he has no idea where the like money is and there's no money in the thing anyway so it just no. it's 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 hilarious and it gets crazier and crazier and kind of twists and turns throughout the throughout the uh throughout the throughout the film which is um but still is a lot of fun because you're you're following along three characters that probably wouldn't be in shouldn't be in this scenario but somehow are and that's what's a lot of fun in films and uh films do that a lot where they just put characters in these crazy situations like you know it's pineapple express if you've seen it's it's kind of a similar film as uh seth rogan doesn't really want to be a part of this and he's messed up in like this this bad drug deal that went down and he's having to work things out and it's stressful at the same time and he's a he's very similar he's a stoner just like uh the dude is and so it's um but it's still just fun to watch these characters like go through very very serious and uh situations (laughs) but yeah yeah, you just wonder what's going to happen next to the dude, and yeah, how are they going to get out of this? And because yeah, it doesn't look like there's any answers at uh, some points, right? So yeah, it's kind of a entertaining journey for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, it, it's it's pretty neat too. There's a lot of like scenes that are um, pre- like there are some hilarious and goofy scenes that i think make this film so good obviously i think there's it's kind of a famous you know when he's uh, tripping on the when uh, he gets um his drink gets spiked in uh the uh the um jackie tree orange party. yeah yeah at his, at his party and that's like kind of the famous scene that everyone knows about and talks about it so it's so weird and hilarious and i wonder how you know how the Coen brothers came up with that ridiculous sequence too. It's, it's so, it's so goofy and outrageous too. It's like, how, how do you feel about that scene? Cause I know I've heard like people kind of mix. It's like, eh, it's kind of stupid at times, but then like, it's also pretty funny, but I don't know. Yeah. So, so same thing. And it was interesting. We watched a movie the other night and I'm of the same kind of opinion as, as what uh, the others that watched it with me said, is that they like the first half of the movie better. So I tend to gravitate towards the start of the movie mm. uh, rather than the end. But you appreciate that sequence. Like, it's their movie. They put it all together. And so, yeah, he's in a, a um, knocked out or when he gets punched out and they do kind of a dream sequence as well. Um, just a kind of cool way to do it. Like, oh, yeah, he's... He's in a far off land right now. Mm-hmm. And then they do the whole, like the choreography and everything, the dancing and the cinematography. <laughs> like they're doing overhead shots of all the dancers oh, with yeah. like bowling pins. And like, it's neat to see them. Like it, it was professionally choreographed. It, it's really neat. The the whole dance segment and just the, the transitions from, you know, going to the bowling alley and then he's inside the bowling ball and rolling down <laughs> the alley. And yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it is a little strange for sure, but it's a strange movie. And it is a chance to highlight some of those different, um, different parts of cinematography. Like, okay, let's do something cool. Let's do something unusual. Cause that's, oh, that's, why not? That's a great point, yeah. That is, yeah. And, and did you know that this was, uh, I'm not sure if you know, this is, the cinematographer for this was is Roger Deakins. So he's done films like he's done all Coen Brothers movies, but he's also done uh, like films like American Beauty. He did 1917 Blade Runner, uh, the new Blade Runner. Also, he's got yeah. He's so he's done yeah. No Country for Old Men, True Grit, um, Inside Lewin Davis. Uh, what else? Yeah, he's he's one of the greatest uh, cinematographers. Uh, of this generation i think right now and he's one he's got two oscars under his belt but he's got like 15 nominations and it's it's you would think because he's a 
right now he's just like this very professional uh cinematographer and to put him in like a a film like <laughs> film like the big lebowski and do the be the director of photography for that is it, it's it's kind of awesome and it's perfect to have like such a, a great cinematographer and it makes the, the film that much better and it gives you that kind of western relaxed feel like right from the beginning and I noticed that throughout the film and I also wanted to point out that kind of I noticed a pattern with the sequences of um, the film in that they have a sequence of the plot developing and then they have a scene where they're at the bowling alley and it's a kind of a refreshing relaxing feeling from the chaotic um the, the chaos within this film that's going on outside and then when they're at the bowling alley it's kind of a little bit relaxing and they can discuss what's happening and each al bowling alley, alley scene is uh just it's so hilarious too it, it's so perfectly done uh you got you got uh i'm not sure if it, is it jesus or jesus is it, did they call him jesus. jesus yeah jesus yeah and so yeah he's he's ridiculous in that too he's uh, so goofy it's like when he's uh going, using the bow he's shining yeah, his yeah. bowling ball it's like oh it's so ridiculous and oh he, yeah over yeah. the top with this whole outfit and then doing the dance and whatnot but it is brilliant <laughs> and then you know they're doing the spanish version of hotel california and, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's just yeah it, for a, a short um time in the movie he definitely makes an impact you remember that character that's for yeah. sure yeah so at the end of the film, do you, did you feel like kind of, uh, I, I noticed it kind of ends uh, very quickly and subtly. Like I was, I thought that he would eventually somehow manage to get the money and he would be able to live kind of a happy life at the end, which he does in a way, you know, he's, he's satisfied. He's out of the, he's out of uh, all the trouble that he was in, but I would have thought that maybe he won, uh, he would have gotten his $20,000, but uh, and, or maybe is a hundred, a hundred grand that he was hoping for. And that was all the money that was supposed to happen. Or maybe he was going to get a million dollars in the end, somehow like that. But it, do you think it's a satisfying ending? Yeah, I do. It, it's kind of strange, you know, Donnie dies. Um, yeah, he doesn't get any money, but I think for me that, that I'm okay with that. Like he, he's a lovable loser, right? And why <laughs> should things change? You know, he's, he's, where he's at because that's where he wants to be more or less you know yeah. he's obviously a very intelligent guy he's you know quick-witted and and you know he, he's a smart man he's got but, a good vocabulary um, too i noticed yeah. he's got a good vocabulary he's he's smart with the things he says um but no he just chooses that lifestyle uh, a lifestyle of leisure and um so yeah, I think it's okay that he goes back to that. Like he had this big adventure that lasted a short while, and then he's just gonna go back to normal after that, and, and, yeah. and nothing really changes. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. Maybe I, yeah. not a whole lot of growth in him, but we're okay <laughs> with that. Yeah, it's. I think yeah, Sam Elliott's character. Right? They call him the stranger in this. Uh, he kind of sums it up pretty well. He, he's very obvious with it too. He's just like wasn't that uh, a fun enjoyable comedic story i was sad that donnie died but it was yeah, i think the dude's living his life and he goes the dude abides and it's like yeah great line great ending to the film it's he's it's uh, it, yeah it's one of the best lines in the film i think and it's it, i think that what is what sums the film up very very well and very very perfectly i felt and I think Sam Elliott in the, the the times he's in the movie just brings so much as well. That opening monologue just hooks you where he's introducing the dude and then the opening segment where they go to his apartment and, and pee on his rug. Um, and then when he meets him again in the bowling alley when the dude's feeling really low and then just kind of, you know, gives him a little talk and... Yeah, you know it's gonna be okay dude and you know he stays calm and and then you know at the end he comes back and wraps it up and and uh yeah he kind of puts the bow on it and and again brilliant with what he's saying and and that connection like he just all of a sudden appears and and knows everything that's going on and you know acts like he's 
you know knows the dude but comes from out of nowhere so yeah it's very entertaining yeah getting sam elliott in there the stranger for sure and of course he was perfect for it the whole look the whole way he talks is yeah again great casting for that role a hundred percent it was written for him i could it's there's no other person i could see doing that he's got the he's got the voice too that's uh obviously sam elliott's known for but he also yeah he he brings a, a life into the film and at the beginning the monologue it's as you said, it, it hooks you. It's 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 kind of odd too. Like maybe odd's not the right word, but it's like it, it's never been kind of this type of monologue hasn't really been done before because it's so obvious and literally he's saying it as if he's watching the movie with you too. Like at the ending, he's just like kind of summing up like the 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 story. He's just like, oh yeah, like yeah, I'm sad that Donnie died too, and like uh yeah, it was a comedic adventure just as well, and so. That's what so, uh, and yeah, that's why Sam Elliott's great in this film too. But yeah, it's interesting because he's he's an outsider, he's the narrator, but he also gets embedded in there, <laughs> has an actual conversation with the dude, so he's like part of the movie for a bit yeah. as well. He's got that duality to it. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's true. Um, what do you think? Uh, one of your favorite lines are in this film. What do you think's your favorite line in this movie? Oh. Oh, what's some favorite lines? Um, geez, I, I love it when he says, this will not stand. Because at the very opening, he goes through, he's at Ralph's. Um, you know, he's paying for his half and half cream. And it's got the the George Bush segment, you know, talking about Saddam and the Iraqis. And this will not stand. This aggression will not stand. And then the dude later says that to Jeffrey Lebowski. <laughs> and it, like, it's just those, again, like I mentioned at the start, the subtle things, like he picked up that line and then repeats it back. So stuff like that. There's so many great ones that I, um, that, you know, that I'll, I'll repeat. I Like a little one, you know, someone will ask me how my day was and I'll say, ah, strikes and gutters. <laughs> now most people don't even know what that means, but that's that's from the big the big Lebowski, uh, and so it's funny. like okay, there's some good things, there's some not good things. I had some strikes and some gutters, yeah. so stuff like that. It's just memorable, and and like I say, you hear it or you see the movie a few times, and then those lines end up sticking with you. Uh, and, and so yeah, I like those little things. Yeah, I know it was. I, I had one. I was when I was watching it. I was like. um I was trying to figure, like, I kept hearing, like, these great lines that are just, like, it was, like, that's definitely a classic, because, like, I, I don't really know what, if the line is, like, famous or not, but, like, I was, like, you know, I could tell that one's, like, uh, a famous line. Obviously, like, Where's the Money Lebowski is, like, a classic, uh, and then, yeah, the Dude Abides was, like, uh, great, it, like, uh, it perfectly summed up the film, too, and, and uh, left you satisfied, but, um, Obviously, I I've, I know some people have T-shirts that just say, uh, shut the F up, Donnie, and on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that's, like, uh, that's, that's pretty classic. And I like the, am I wrong? Yeah. Am I wrong? I'll yeah. say that to, to Karen sometimes. Am I wrong? <laughs> Not wrong. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, yeah, I got a few questions for you here. So, um, So what was, do you remember the first time you saw this film? Do you remember like the first time and what was kind of your initial reaction? So uh, the first time I, I don't think I watched the whole thing, but I remember watching the intro and getting hooked. Like, yeah. okay, that's funny. That's, <laughs> that's funny that they're sticking his head in the toilet. <laughs> and then, then his line, Oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. <laughs> like he's still being a smart ass to them. You know, he's got that. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's one of the first lines we hear him speak and it's like witty, you know, and he's the, you know, does this place look like a married man? You know, the toilet seats up. So <laughs> it, it just grabs you. Like you get that character early on you're yeah. like, Oh yeah, this guy, he's a, uh, He's a lazy man who uh, just lives a life of leisure and probably never going to have a spouse and just uh, does what he wants. So Yeah, he, he yeah. lives for the simple things in life, you know? He's he's just a simple man. He's, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, also, uh, the other question I had. So um, who do you think the best character in this film is? Or who's your favorite? But you could say, yeah, e- either way. Yeah. Yeah. You think- the dude, for sure, is my favorite. Like, they're hands down. Like, he's so, so well played. Um, Jeff Bridges does a great job. Um, just totally believable as that character. Like, he doesn't care. He's, yeah, he goes out to the grocery store with his robe on. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, plays plays the character so well. And, and it is so well written. He's, for sure, my favorite. One thing I wrote down is I love, um, he loves his music, right? He loves his credence, loves, it's a, it's a good soundtrack. <laughs> but I love that he's in the cab after the, the Jackie Treehorn party. And he, he tells the cabbie, ask him if he can change the channel because <laughs> he hates the Eagles. And like, I love my, my music as well. And it's funny because anybody who loves music, ends up having a band that they don't like that everyone else likes too right it just kind of happens and it i think that's funny it brings another element to the movie where you're like oh this is a real character like yeah yeah, he he loves yeah yeah. so again just those little things that that really make a difference oh yeah it's referenced a lot in media today and like pop culture just like all these people will reference like if somebody's like wearing like a lazy outfit and it's calling the dude or something like that or about Lebowski and I and like even just his outfit is it's so classic too the shoes like when he's getting when he's getting pulled into the car with the um with Jeff Lebowski the the guy the one in the wheelchair the millionaire and he he's like got the those ridiculous like sandals on that like make a sound every time he walks and he's like Oh man, ow! And he's like getting all he's getting all annoyed and oh, I got that, a beverage here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that like oh that one that line was or that scene just that cracked me up. I was like dying laughing seeing that. And there's plenty of scenes like any yeah any sequence as I said before with the the trio of uh yeah Donnie uh, Walter and uh, the dude is just classic. Um. Another another question. So, um, do you would you say this? I, I was debating like, would this be a dark comedy or just a full comedy? Because it's also it's very very smart with its, uh, you know, the the writing is very very smart and witty, and the comedic elements are very very smart. And Coen Brothers, I feel they're known for their dark comedy too. They're very very Fargo is like the definition of a dark comedy. I think. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I Fargo. I, I mean, I love that movie. That's uh, for sure. But I, would we call it a comedy? Like, it's it's not a lot of laughs in that one. But I um, it's well, definitely dark. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's like because I think the characters like are like obviously like Frances McDormand's character is very uh, comedic. Like she's she's like a quirky, and I think the characters kind of uh, emulate that. Uh, a comedicness to uh, in Fargo, and I and I've heard like tons of people. I've heard people mention that it, it's a dark comedy too, but it is it is a very dark film also at the same time. So it's it's, it's sometimes hard, but I don't know. And they, I think like uh, Raising Arizona, that's more of a comedy, I think. But yeah, 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 I don't know if I'd classify The Big Lebowski as a dark comedy. I don't know if it matters too much either. It's it's definitely funny. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just don't know my, my comedy genres enough. But, yeah, it's uh, it, to me it works. So whatever you yeah, want to call it. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And, you know, what do you think it, it is about this film that made it create this cult status that it has? Like, what do you, what do you think the reason is behind it? Or I mean, it's a broad question, but... Oh yeah, no, I, I definitely think well it's it starts with the Cohen brothers, right? That writing, as you say, um the character development, um the the whole Jeffrey Lebowski character. Again, like I say, he's a lovable loser. He's uh you know, the <laughs> you, you can't help but like the guy. Yeah. Um 
but you don't want to necessarily trade spots with him either. <laughs> you know, he's always always broke. Uh, you know, ten days late and paying his rent, and yeah, um, you know, it's uh, but you know, he's the as they say, he for the time and the place, he fits right in there. He's he's the man. He's the dude. So oh, yeah. Yeah, you can't help but like them. So I think that's a big part of it is that you go, you got a, an interesting story, um, some over-the-top characters, which is fun for a movie, right? If you don't, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, it's it's entertainment, right? And and the movie entertains you and, and you appreciate the quality of, of the Coen Brothers' work. Oh, yeah. It's, it's Coen Brothers writing right from the beginning. It's, it's a Coen Brothers film right from the beginning. And, and you, totally, you, you totally know it's one of their films. And, and obviously, their films are so enjoyable and likable. And, but, yeah, it's, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I got some facts for you, too. You can uh, just chime on in. When, um, yeah, so I think this is John Goodman's favorite of the films in which he appears. So this is like he, the one of the most fun films he has ever done. He said that's I think I think it's I think he said it was the best. Yeah, um, I, I could see that time yeah. and place for him as well. He'd still be fairly early in his career. Definitely different from from the Roseanne show, yeah. right? And so he can kind of showcase his acting chops and and yeah, led to definitely you know he was in some other. Cohen, well, he was in there in Raising Arizona, yeah. which was before this movie, but. Uh, oh brother, where art thou? You know he's uh, got a a long relationship with the Cohen brothers now. Yeah, totally. And yeah, he's he, I. There's you know you obviously know directors that just love having certain actors uh, in their films. Obviously, De Niro for Scorsese, and even Leonardo DiCaprio is like in five of Scorsese's films. And you got uh, who else? There's a there's a ton. There's um and then Tarantino like Samuel Jackson. He'll be in like a bunch of his films and obviously John Goodman for uh, uh the Coen Brothers and even Brad Pitt for David Fincher. He's been like in uh he's been in a few David Fincher films. I'm pretty sure. So he, yeah um and but yeah each I think and they have that relationship that they just know that they can play their character and they, they know and i think at the time you know jo, jeff john goodman knows how to uh he knows what the coen brothers want and he knows them well enough to know like how their character needs to be played so it's just easier easy for them to cast him uh in their films but yeah um another thing uh, another fact so with the exception uh of the dude helping Maud uh bowl in a fantasy the dude is never seen bowling in this film Oh yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I guess you don't see him actually throwing them. <laughs> He's more sitting there getting ready or <laughs> you know waiting Just his talking, turn. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, Donnie is like he's the only one that I really see bowling. I guess did Walter? I, I don't remember. Did Walter? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, no, they don't show a whole lot of of those guys bowling. So yeah, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, um, and the dude is uh, the dude says "man" 147 times in this movie. Uh, oh, man, <laughs> yeah, you know, come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> I can believe that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's totally, and this is like I think it's like number five or six of most f bombs used in a, used in a film. Wolf yeah, of, yeah, there's yeah. a lot. That's Wolf, for sure. Wolf of Wall Street is number one. I'm pretty sure, and then I think. <laughs> Yeah, The Departed is one of the up there too, and um, but yeah, there's and some I think there's some like sh like uh, independent Trailer Park Boys movie that they did, and that's oh, like yeah. up there too. But uh, but yeah, and another fun fact: so the script was written around the same time Barton Fink uh, was released, and when the Coen Brothers wanted to make it. John Goodman was filming episodes of Roseanne, and then Jeff Bridges was making Wild Bill. So the Coen brothers decided to make Fargo in the meantime. And so it's kind of funny, just they have like scripts just all around, just like, oh, we'll make this movie. How does that sound? Or it's just, I think they, they love to write, so they'll just make, like do whatever. And so this film came out in 1998. So um, and they wrote it like for seven years and just kind of kept it in hiding. And it's funny to think that they came out with it like seven years later. But yeah. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Eh? Oh, yeah. You sit on it and uh, have a good idea, and then it probably develops as you as you go on. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, in uh, in a rare Cohen Brothers interview in two thousand nine, Joel Cohen. Uh, stated that 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 movie has uh that the movie the big lebowski has <clears throat> more of an endearing fascination for other people than it does for us but i can imagine that too it, it obviously it, it's it does it, it's kind of well said an endearing fascination like i don't know what do you think oh yeah probably i you look at what they've done since then and mm. uh it's uh, definitely uh it's not like that was their last great movie um did a lot of great work and and you probably get the feeling well obviously with the way they with the way they write and their attention to detail um mm. they they keep looking for the next project and how to do things even better and yeah keep growing as as uh as um directors and writers yeah totally all right now it's time for the final segment of the of the podcast so we'll discuss top three things so do you have your list i have my list all right uh yeah are you top ready? three uh coen brother movies after yeah. the big lebowski yeah <laughs> pardon me so fargo is on there i i love fargo what a brilliant movie yeah um so well written you talk about uh the dude being a lovable loser whereas jerry lundergaard is a uh, an unlovable loser um, it's uh, a bunch of misfits there. Uh, Francis McDormand is just brilliant in that movie. Yeah. Uh, so well acted, you know, you really, you know, she's, um, good hearted, um, you know, police officer, but also a person and, um, just as trouble has trouble comprehending the whole, um, violence and, and, um, you know, senselessness that she's witnessing. So, yeah, I, I love Fargo. That's so well written as well. The characters are uh, are excellently done. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, great, great movie. Um, another one I have is No Country for Old Men, which we talked about, which yeah. is, uh, like you say, Anton Chigurh, um, Javier Bardem just plays him so well, like, pure psychopath right and you're yeah. like oh my god this guy is scary dude he's he's evil right yeah and then it is kind of a movie of of good versus evil you got um well it's funny that the uh police officer played by tommy lee jones his name is also anton so i don't know if you've if you ever picked that up when you watch that movie but no, they both have the same first name um but yeah, he's like the the good character, just trying to do right by everybody, and wants to look out for Llewellyn and make sure he's okay because he knows he's a nice guy and yeah, and you know, but doesn't know how to again has trouble understanding that there is that evil in the world. He sees it, but you know he's done with it, and and then you know ends up retiring at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, just a, a stark movie. Um, it's interesting with that one. Like there is no music throughout that whole movie, which yeah. is kind of an interesting thing. And even the um, script is like, it's, there's not much, uh, talking and speaking in that film either. It's a lot, just like scenes of Llewellyn, just trying to find a way like to not get seen no. and, and, uh, by, uh, Anton Chigurh and just finding a way to get away from him. And Anton Chigurh has a few, like a few speaking parts, but each time it's terrifying, but yeah. Mm -hmm. And then just being on, on, you know, running for your life and you can't, can't break free from this guy. And, oh, yeah. and, you know, they're both fighters. They're both, uh, warriors, right? Like they get shot up and beat up and, and still carry on. And then all of a sudden, uh, Llewellyn dies so suddenly, like, uh, is that, that's something that just blew me away when I watched the movie. I <laughs> yeah. actually watched it in the theater and you're like, oh, okay so he's dead now and yeah. then it just moves on and um and then the very end of the movie too it it just ends and it's so stark and and drastic like it's it's um very impactful so yeah i love that movie i, I 
it's always exciting to watch it and and the characters are are again amazing like with the other cohen movie brother movies yeah oh you're absolutely right and then yeah go ahead yeah and then the third movie i wrote down is the ballad of buster scruggs which oh, is it's the short film yeah um geez the it's such a wide range so again brilliant writers um the ideas that they come up with and able to do it in short film version and then there's a common theme of of life and death throughout those uh movies and some some of them are are very funny and some of them are are not funny at all and and um just again just showcasing the wide range that they can do like they they have so many talents and can do uh, i'm sure they could do any genre of movie you want like I think they, like yeah, no yeah. country for old men is as scary as anything out there and but also you know deep and and the the characters and the plot and so yeah they can they can do anything for sure so the, again, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is the, the first one where they actually, the Buster Scruggs one, it makes me laugh so hard. And and then the other ones are a little more uh, serious and mm-hmm. still entertaining nonetheless. So, yeah, those are those are three. They have so many great movies to, to pick from, for sure. And I, I can't claim that I've seen all of their movies. But, um, yeah, huge respect for them, for sure. Big, yeah. Big Brothers fan. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll say mine too. Um, yeah. Um, so I, I put it number three. I, I my top three things I had Fargo. So obviously Fargo is like probably one of the best scripts like in the last uh, like fifty years. It, it's great. Frances McDormand has like a great performance. Now she's she's got three Oscars now. And I very well deserved. She's a great actress. She she's brilliant, and, and each character. Steve Buscemi is awesome in this film, and uh, it is still yeah. And and even William H Macy plays a, a great uh, does it has a great performance in this film too. And it's very very it, obviously as you said it's it's a dark film, but it's it's I noticed like Frances McDormand is she plays at, like kind of a quirky you know. Uh, uh character at times i felt and but she does has a, again a great performance but yeah you, you said it you said it too like everything i was going to say kind of because we have kind of similar uh lists but um yeah and then at number uh number two i had uh inside lewin davis have you seen that i don't think i have it's yeah it's just oscar isaac um he was in the newer star wars he plays poe uh dark hair maybe uh italian trying to think but yeah this film yeah it's it's kind of a hidden film by the coen brothers it's kind of a another cult classic very very uh dark and mysterious just about a uh just like um a musician in um kind of set in in like the 60s and or the 50s and it's very very easy and, and simple and calming film uh it's it's just a, it's a lot of fun at the same time but it's also yeah it, it's very very coen brothers script um it's their type of film and, and it's a it, yeah it's it's one of my favorite in like kind of hidden gems of the coen brothers that not a lot of people really talk about and it didn't really yeah it didn't get any like nominations or anything like that like the big lebowski did but it's still uh it's still i i highly recommend it it's a it's a great film and then at number one i had to go with no country for old men i saw that uh i saw that a few years ago and i remember just being blown away like as researching this film like after i was just looking up like like kind of i i kind of understood the the I got like the meaning of the film and there's like a lot of hidden messages within this film that are just are so fun too. And so interesting. I felt, and also Anton Chigurh in the, in this, like just this bad, again, similar to the big Lebowski. It's literally a simple plot in, in the way of just like a bad uh, deal gone, like a deal gone wrong, like a, 
where this is a trade-off and then this is kind of just a he's got a briefcase full of money and it's but just things keep going wrong and Anton Shakur is just right behind him and he's been hired uh by the Mexicans to go find Llewellyn and it's oh my god it's it's terrifying at times there's some scenes like uh where they're in Tommy Lee Jones is about to enter the um little hotel room and you just ah oh, oh my god it is the crime scene yeah and the door yeah Oh, oh I know, God. and when he's trying to get the suitcase out of the, the duct work, and, you know, is he going to get it in time and get away? Like, oh, it's definitely a thrill ride. Um, it is intense, yeah. Yeah, when when Anton Chigurh all of a sudden standing outside Llewellyn's hotel room door and, and then goes and turns the light out <laughs> in the hallway, and you just don't know what's coming next. And, uh, yeah, the whole thing is is really uh like i say i love that movie great movie um so well done so well acted so yeah it's, it's definitely one of my favorites 100 percent. oh yeah all right i think anything else to say you got you good oh no i think i've said a lot. It again great movie and uh no this has been fun ryan this is uh i appreciate this opportunity to come on with you and uh, yeah, I enjoyed uh, discussing the, this movie and uh, the Coen brothers in general. Oh, yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. It was a, it was a great discussion. Uh, obviously, yeah, Big Lebowski is like anyone who hasn't seen it, he's got to check this film out because it is it's <clears throat> I think it's uh, a lot of the time it sometimes gets hidden by like No Country for Old Men and Fargo, like as uh, the Coen brothers biggest films. But I think it's kind of again it's got that great cult following and it's still uh it's definitely one of their best movies the coen brothers best films and so yeah great podcast today Corey. it was a lot of fun um but yeah all right guys that pretty much finishes it up for uh the big lebowski podcast from there will be movie reviews um you guys can check me out on uh Check my uh, YouTube account out for uh, the same name. There will be movie reviews. I'm on Instagram, uh, TikTok at the same name. And then I also have, uh, you can also message me at my, on my email me at uh, there will be movie reviews at gmail.com. And you can give me tips and uh, suggestions for the next uh, podcast, the podcast that you'd like to see done. And yeah, I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and amazon music i'm all on there so check check me out uh on on those sites and also on apple podcast make sure to leave a five-star review and uh leave a comment and uh but yeah that's it for today thank you guys so much for listening uh see you guys next week Corey. it was an honor it was a lot of fun great po- great episode yeah thanks ryan i enjoyed nice. it yeah and i'll have to have you on again that was a lot of fun all right good <laughs>